speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one is ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Nicodemus, yeah, Nicodemus, he was no worthless bum. He was no slacker by any means. After all, he was a member of what was called the Great Jewish Sanhedrin. Yes, the Sanhedrin. Now, to fully understand the prestige and the importance of this Jewish Sanhedrin, we must understand that it was a great council of the nation. It's a great council of the nation, consisting of 71 men. And to be a part of this elite group of the Sanhedrin, one had to have a judicial experience that was above the average judge, as well as having an extensive knowledge of many languages, science, law, and history. Not only did they have to be well-educated and wise, but at the same time, they also had to be modest. They had to be, indeed, humble, and yet, at the same time, popular with the people. And so, it was no small task to be on the high Jewish Sanhedrin. No small task, indeed. Perhaps we could think of the Jewish Sanhedrin as equivalent to the same level as our United States Supreme Court. 
Yes, on the same level as our United States Supreme Court. The Jewish Sanhedrin, they were indeed much like our Supreme Court, but actually, truth be told, they had a little bit more power. For example, besides making laws for the land, well, the Jewish Sanhedrin, they could crown a king. They could authorize war. They could appoint lesser courts with judges. So the point being, Nicodemus, yes, Nic Nicodemus himself was a big dog. He was a heavyweight. Or loosely stated, we could say he was the big cheese. He was the man. You get the picture. Now, the reason why we must take time to understand Nicodemus is that it is essential for us to know this context in our reading from the Gospel of John as Jesus and Nicodemus encounter each other. In a reading from the Gospel of John, it would appear that both Jesus and Nicodemus were two people that were close to the kingdom of God. Indeed, two people close to the kingdom of God. As we've already stated, Nicodemus himself, he was a member of the Jewish Sanhedrin. And Jesus, well, he was called rabbi. Now, the term rabbi is a word of esteem. It's like a word saying doctor of the church. And so it would appear that this was a mutual conversation among two established religious leaders who were in the kingdom of God. However, things are often not as they appear. In other words, you would think that Nicodemus would have been one of the few who could have seen the kingdom of God. You would think that out of all the religious people in that day and age, that Nicodemus would have been just one of those who could experience the kingdom of God. Unfortunately, though, things are not as they appear. See, dear friends, we have this problem with how we perceive the kingdom of God, not only during that time, some 2,000 years ago, but also right now. We've always had this problem, even dating back to the time of Martin Luther in his day and age. We've always had this problem of how we perceive the kingdom of God. For example, we have this tendency to place nuns and monks and bishops and deacons and elders and district presidents and circuit visitors and pastors and so forth. Well, we place them up the top, right at the top, closest to God. Whereas, well, plumbers and retail workers moms, farmers, lawyers, as well as obnoxious children, well, they're not so close to God after all. They're perhaps on the bottom. They're further down. We even do this with good works. We do this with good works as well. Keep in mind, all good works are good when they're done by faith and for one's neighbor. However, we have unfortunately made some works better than others. Tragically, we have made changing a diaper for a child or shoveling snow for a neighbor or taking out the trash somehow a lesser good work than going on a mission trip or perhaps even doing a good work within the walls of a church. Yeah, changing diapers and removing snow for a neighbor. Ah, it's second-class works. And so mark this, baptized saints, God is equally pleased with the nun running an orphanage as he is with the dad changing a dirty diaper. Good works happen inside the church and outside the church as well. Now the point being is this. The idea that some Christians are somehow closer to God than others is an actual foolish idea. It's a foolish idea. It needs to be purged from our minds. It needs to be eradicated from our teachings, and our thoughts. This is how the world thinks. This is how the world processes things. 
This is how the world indeed operates, not the kingdom of God. This is why Jesus tells Nicodemus that he needed to be born again. In other words, to see the kingdom of God, all the scrambling up the religious pecking order is, well, it's useless. Sure, the world insists on ranking. The world insists on grouping us in our little groups and positioning us against each other. The kingdom of God does not operate this way. And so with one swift assertion, Jesus, he basically tells Nicodemus that if he wants the kingdom of God, that he has to do it all over again. Think about that. He tells Nicodemus on the Sanhedrin that if he wants the kingdom of God, that he has to do it all over again. All that Nicodemus had accomplished actually means nothing. Indeed, it means nothing. Nicodemus needed to be born anew, born from above. He needed to be reborn and made entirely a new creature itself, to be a new creature, to have the kingdom of God. You see, this is why the church really only cares about things such as baptism, absolution, and the Holy Supper. In Christ's church, there is no such thing as ranking each other or grouping each other or finding positions of power, some sort of pecking order in the church. Paul, he says it best. He says there is no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free. There's no longer male or female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. In other words, our status, our sex, our ability, well, they do nothing. They do absolutely nothing for you and I to get closer to the kingdom of God. You and I, we cannot climb to the kingdom of God, for if we climb, we will never find the kingdom of God. Bluntly stated, we do not find the kingdom of God in the heights of our accomplishments. We do not find the kingdom of God in the clouds of our glory. We do not find the kingdom of God in the peaks of our popularity. For the kingdom of God is not above us. It's actually below us. Yes, it's right below us. You see, dear friends, Jesus, he flips everything upside down. He flipped it upside down for Nicodemus, and he does the same for you and for me. Listen up. As we know from Scripture, as Jesus teaches us, the greatest in the kingdom, the greatest in the kingdom of God are not the religious elites, but, you got it, little children, those little ankle biters, if you will, little babes, little micron, unless we are changed and become like a micron, we will not have the kingdom of God, Jesus says. The greatest in the kingdom of God, well, it's not those who are first, but those who are last. If you want the kingdom of God, you are not to take up a list of goals and accomplishments, but, Jesus says, take up a cross and die. But there's a problem with all of this, and that is this, your sinful nature and mine as well. Our sinful nature does not like to hear this. Our sinful nature despises this message. You see, your sinful nature and my sinful nature, well, it likes to climb. Our sinful nature loves to climb. Our sinful nature is so easily seduced into trying to go up the pecking order to try to obtain the kingdom of God. And once our sinful nature has climbed just a little bit, well, our sinful nature demands that God stands and applauds us on our climbing. It demands that everyone else around us acknowledge our greatness, how far up we have climbed on the ladder to applaud us to the heights that we have achieved. Lord, have mercy on you and me too, especially me. Dear friends, listen up. We must be born again, not once and not even twice, but we must be born again every single week, every single day. And to be born again or born 
from above is not something that we must accomplish again and again by our own strength, by our own might, by our own climbing. But instead, like Nicodemus, to be born again is for us to be brought out of the heights of our glory all the way down to the reality that we are poor, miserable sinners in thought, word, and deed. And there, right there, with empty, beggarly hands, well, we are shoved right back into the reality of our baptisms. We are given God's good gifts of grace and mercy for us. Right there at the end of the line, right there at the end of our ropes, at the bottom of the pecking order, we are forgiven, we are absolved of all of our sins. And then we are scooped up we're invited to his table for the strengthening of our faith and our love for our neighbor. Baptized saints, quite simply, you do not do something for Christ to earn the kingdom of God, but instead Christ, well, he does something for you to give you the kingdom. That is why you need to be born again, born from above every single day. And this happens as you are returned to the reality of your baptisms and repentance and faith. This happens as the Lord forgives you through his word of absolution. This happens as you are invited to receive at the Lord's altar. You are constantly being born again when the Lord snatches you out of your lofty sinful nature and drags you back down to the waters of your baptism and marks you and makes you anew again and again and again. And so because there's only one baptism... Right? There's only one baptism, only one absolution, only one Holy Supper, because there's only one Christ. Well, get this, you are one with Nicodemus, one and the same. Yes, that is the reason why there's no such thing as boasting in the church. If we do boast, it is about Christ, but not about us. We can't boast. How can we when there's nothing to boast of? Yes, that's the reason why there's no boasting in the church. That's the reason why there's no comparing in the church. That's why there's no pecking order in the church. The ranks that we have in life, the jobs that we have, the skills that we have, well, they're not for us. They're to bless our neighbor, to serve our neighbor in love, to bless those around us. They're not for power, but they're for service because they cannot contribute to our eternal salvation. How can they earn the kingdom of God when we have already been born again in Christ and by Christ alone? Baptized saints, you have been born again, born from above, through Christ. Yes, through Christ and by Christ and for Christ. You're brought into the kingdom of God through the word and sacraments. Therefore, get this, get this, hear this. You cannot get any closer to the kingdom of God than you are right now. Because you have his word poured in your ears. You've been absolved of your sins and you are given his holy supper. Because in Christ, he's the way, he's the truth, and he's your life. In Christ, the kingdom comes all the way down to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The, the Lord, Lord bless and keep you. you.